0: May we have your attention, please? From time to time, many of us will experience feelings of loneliness, but what happens if that's an everyday occurrence? What are the knock-on effects of that feeling, both in terms of on-the-job performance and our mental health and well-being? And what can be done to best manage and support those who are lone workers? In this episode, we'll look at some of those questions and lead you towards some of the answers. Those questions have been a concern for our industry for some time, which is why RSSB was asked to set up a research project to look at the situation of lone workers. One issue was who is a lone worker? As you'll hear later, until now, there hasn't been an agreed definition, so it's been hard to judge how many people may be affected by working alone. So RSSB was asked to look at and to develop a better understanding of the health safety and wellbeing impacts of lone working. One thing we do know is that the COVID-19 pandemic and the need for social distancing, the resulting financial situation that's put pressure on cost cutting and the reduced numbers of people available to work because of illness and self-isolation have all meant that many of us find ourselves working alone where perhaps we didn't before. To tell us more about the results of that research and its findings, particularly for anybody who does work alone, I'm talking to Joanna Faustino, our Senior Work Psychologist at RSSB, who was my guest on the very first episode in our series of podcasts. So, Joanna, welcome back. Also with us today is Rachel Rolison. Here, I'll ask our new guest, Rachel, to tell us how you got into your current role in the rail industry. But, Rachel, can you explain what Britain Thinks does and why you were chosen to work on the research?
1: Hi Anne. thanks for having me. My company works on social and market research projects, often to help inform things like policy and communications development. At Britain Thinks, I have a particular interest in transport and rail research and currently lead on our ongoing contracts to deliver communications and deliberative research to the Department for Transport. I've also worked with other organisations in other sectors like healthcare on employee experiences and working conditions.
0: Thank you, Rachel, and Welcome. I've given some context as to why people on the railway might find themselves working alone from time to time, but could you give our listeners some more details of the work that you've done?
1: Of course. As with many pieces of research, we first looked at what work had been done before. This involves what we call a literature review, where we look at previous study reports to see what's already known and what might be applicable to the railway environment. But we also involved real people who work on the railway in a workshop and interviews with people who work alone and also with their line managers. From this, we've been able to develop some practical guidance for loan workers that gives suggestions about how to take care of your health, safety and general well-being, including mental health.
0: Thank you, Rachel. That sounds quite comprehensive. Joanna, if I can turn to you now, could you please tell us a bit more about what has come out of the research project?
2: Yes, of course. The first thing to say is really that we haven't just written guidance for people who are loan workers. We really wanted organizations to be able to identify loan workers, understand the kinds of risks associated with loan working and address them. So in addition to guidance for loan workers, we have also produced guidance for line managers and HR. So much of the information is common to all three guides. So everyone is aligned in supporting the safety and well-being of loan workers. One of the reasons why we wanted to focus on loan working was the fact that the rail industry didn't actually have a set definition of loan working. So the concept of loan working meant different things for different organizations. And we really wanted to reach agreement on a definition that reflected the reality of loan working in rail. So this is what we came up with. A loan worker is someone who works physically alone for a number of hours with low levels of contact with other colleagues. So this means you are a lone worker if you sometimes or always work alone without a colleague nearby, you work alone for more than a few hours at a time, you have a low level of direct or immediate contact with colleagues. For instance, if you have limited points of contact, take breaks on your own or have poor phone signal, you make the majority of decisions alone without input from others and have a low level of support or supervision. If you aren't sure whether you are a loan worker, please do have a look at our guide for loan workers. You'll find that on the blog page for this podcast on the RSSB website.
0: Joanna, let me interrupt for a moment. You've just given us a list of characteristics which together may define someone as a loan worker. Just how many people does this involve?
2: Well, and the simple answer to that is that we just don't know for sure. So we have estimated that across passenger and freight train operating companies, the percentage of loan workers may range from 47% to 79%. But the data we had access to was very limited, although quite consistent across companies. So what we know is that the numbers are likely to be significant.
0: Those are very high numbers and the need to work from home for many of us may have added to them. I'm sure the pandemic has had other effects too. I'd like to turn back to Rachel. As you were closely involved in the research, what did you find? Has it influenced the definition in any way?
1: Yes. Well, from speaking to lone workers, we learned that some roles that previously were two-person jobs may now actually be completed by a single person, but many of the processes and policies around that work hasn't changed. The pandemic may also mean that some people are in loan working roles temporarily, but there's quite a lot of debate about whether things like working from home count as loan working.
2: Yes. And the approach we have taken is that working from home doesn't automatically mean someone fits the loan working definition. So, if you are working from home, you may not have any colleagues nearby for the full duration of your working day, but are you out of contact with colleagues? Does the nature of your role mean that there's little reason to contact colleagues unless in the case of an emergency? Do you have a low level of support or supervision? Do you make most of your work decisions alone? If you answered no to all of these, then you would not be classified as a loan worker. You may, however, share needs with loan workers, for example... It is important to understand how the abrupt and prolonged change from an office base to a home base in the context of the pandemic has impacted you, even if you're not technically considered a loan worker, according to the real definition.
1: And let me pick up on some of the main points about loan working for those who do have to leave the house to work. One of the main defining features about loan working is not having a colleague that you can talk to and not being able to make decisions together. So even if you now work from home, you may well have regular contact with your colleagues by phone or by one of the video communications platforms, and so may not be counted as a loan worker. By contrast, even if your job is all about dealing with the travelling public, you still could be counted as a loan worker.
0: Thank you, Rachel. Obviously, we'll have to wait a bit longer for a definitive answer on working from home, Joanna, you're the psychologist, so this question's for you. It sounds to me as though one big thing about being a lone worker is that you might feel very isolated. Is that right?
2: Yes, yes, it is. But although lone working is associated with many negative impacts, for some employees, lone working has actually many benefits and may be a preferred way of working. The negative impacts can be grouped into four main areas. So we have emotional impacts, for example, experiencing loneliness, stress and anxiety. Then we have physical impacts such as tiredness, unhealthy eating and reduced movement. Work-related impacts would include loss of concentration and focus. And finally, personal safety risks such as the risk of violence, and the inability to get help for themselves and others in the case of an emergency.
0: Those are some widespread and quite far-reaching impacts. Rachel, did you find that there's anything that particularly causes the negative outcomes of loan working?
1: Yes, we did. We found that lots of the negative outcomes from loan working come as a result of having to make decisions alone and often quickly, as well as having limited contact with colleagues and managers for support and conversation but those aren't the only factors that can cause these outcomes. For some, the work location can be a cause. For example, if you work in a rural or other isolated locations quite far away from people. Timing can also be a factor, particularly for those who work early or late shifts or work through the night. And the type of work might also be a factor. I've already mentioned working with the public where you don't have a colleague nearby with who you can talk issues through, but doing safety critical work alone can also be a key factor. Although it's not direct human contact, not having access to mobile devices can also increase the feelings of isolation. And finally, there's the question of support from others, particularly your line manager. And this is particularly important if a person is new to a lone
0: working role
1: or if their role has recently become that of loan working.
0: Well, Joanna, I hope we've covered most of the negative issues of lone working. Let's get on to the positive stuff. What can be done to better support loan workers?
2: Well, in addition to many loan workers actually enjoying loan working and even preferring to work alone and associating loan working to a sense of autonomy, mastery and confidence, we actually found that there are a number of ways loan workers can be better supported and protected. Many of these have to do with their organisation. So, for example, it can be quite helpful if your manager regularly checks in with you and if they conduct stress risk assessments. At an organizational level, it is important to have policies focused on loan workers and to ensure support is provided proactively, not just in reaction to a critical event. We need to remember ourselves that companies have a legal obligation to assess risks to loan workers and take steps to manage those. And we wanted to ensure they had all the tools to be able to do it, which is why we produced the guidance documents for line managers and for HR departments as well.
0: Okay, so that's what others can do to support loan workers. What can they do to support themselves, both in terms of health and well-being, but also in terms of their personal safety?
2: Well, I would say one of the first things is really to visit the SSB website and find the guidance. In there, you'll see nine top tips that we came up with for loan workers, which I can summarize quickly. So, first of all, it is important as a loan worker to start to be aware of your mental health, what at work makes you feel better and what makes you feel worse. And then talk about how you are doing and share any issues you, you may have with your line manager or other colleagues. We know it can be difficult to be open up when struggling, but communication will give you you access to help before you feel worse. And also make a conscious effort to check in with your manager and connect with colleagues or try linking up with other loan workers you know or with loan worker networks. An undertaking training to build your sense of confidence in your role and to provide you with a range of ideas on how to manage your job and your health is also really important. Again, we know it can be difficult to fit in training, but it's important to let your line manager or organizers know if you can't make it so they can arrange an alternative for you.
1: Some of the points that Joanna just made were more about mental wellbeing, but you also need to pay attention to your physical safety. So for that, we suggest being conscious of the risks you're taking and not just accepting them as part of your job, proactively assessing them before and after, developing ways to stay focused when working alone. And this can include things like talking out loud through processes, having background noise like the radio if it's allowed in your role and using dynamic risk assessments. You can keep up to date with your organisation's policies and practices. And if you don't know where you can find these, ask your line manager, a colleague or a union rep. If you feel your policy is not fit for purpose, raise it with human resources. Guidance on developing loan working policies is available for your organization from this project. Another tip is to make sure that you keep all your support services like panic alarms and torches in working order and that you know how and when to use them. And finally, we found that lone working roles are typically those with a lot of sitting, so it can be beneficial to both health and concentration to make a conscious effort to introduce some movement into your day, even if that's just standing rather than sitting when waiting.
0: Thank you very much, Rachel. Joanna, I noticed your first tip was about noticing mental health and what impacts that. Do you have any further tips on how lone workers could do that?
2: Yeah, as part of the guidance for loan workers, we've developed something called the Loan Workers' Wellbeing Action Plan. This is a simple set of questions that loan workers can complete. It's there to help them reflect on things that keep them happy and healthy at work and to identify any situations that make them feel stressed, anxious or worried. This is something loan workers can do for their own benefit, to help them think about what they need or something they can actually choose to share with others like their line manager. There are questions about what it might look like when they're feeling mentally unwell, so perhaps when they're stressed. And that information can be helpful in supporting line managers and colleagues to be more aware of when a loan worker might need some support or really when a loan worker might just need a chat.
0: Thank you, Joanna. This sounds like it's been very well thought through and useful information, but we don't have the answer to everything beyond our guidance and their own organisations. Where else can loan workers go for support if they need to?
2: There are lots of support organisations and resources out there you can use, and many of them are listed in the guidance for loan workers. If you ever feel in the need for urgent mental health support, you can call the Samaritans on 116 123. They're available 24-7.
0: Joanna and Rachel, thank you both very much for talking with me today. I hope our listeners have found it useful. Remember, there is guidance for loan workers, of their line managers, and for HR departments and senior managers available on the RSSB website. There are also links to these and many of the other resources that Joanna and Rachel have mentioned in the show notes for this episode on the blogs page of the RSSB website. And to our audience, thank you for listening. As ever, if you have any questions about this or any other of our podcasts, please email me at podcasts at rssb.co.uk. But for now, thank you and goodbye.